along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding episode of Ghost Chronicles, the... What are we? Oh, the international one, yes. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. I'm looking for Steve, and he's not here. That figures. Always uh, late for his own funeral. Anyways, uh, joining us today is uh, someone uh, from the UK who has that funny accent that we were talking about earlier in the line. He is uh, a paranormal investigator extraordinaire, uh, according to Steve, and his name is Kevin Kerr. Hey, Kevin. How you doing, Ron? Okay? Good, good, good. And uh, you know what's really funny is when I first stepped uh, first met people from the UK. They always they always used to say, "You all right? Are you all right?" <laughs> and I, I always said, "Like, why? What's wrong with me?" You know. <laughs> but is, is that a greeting? Is that what it is? Yeah. In Gloucestershire, we say, "You're right," as in one word. You're right. Yeah. You're it's right. like like Orleans. If you're in New Orleans, you say Orleans. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin's. Um, Steve is not here, and he usually would introduce you since he brought you on as the guest. So could you introduce your, yourself a little bit so I don't screw it up? Yes, no problem. Um, well, I'm Kevin Kerr. I'm an investigator and researcher with Power Rationalize. Um, I do various – it's more, more residential investigations than anything else, um, mm-hmm. along with a lot of experimentation. Um, I've got a website and a blog, um, powerrationalize.org, um, that I run solely by myself. Um, I'm also part of Team Impact um, with Paul Hobday, as you might have known from the Ghost Chasers on the TV. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm part of that team as well in the background um, for experimentation, etc. Um, so, yeah, that's me. Okay, so uh, in, uh, there he is. Yeah, they want me to say something, so something. Yeah, do you have to really? <laughs> uh, I'm only responding to, to Ben. Ben yeah. in production said, can you say something? You say something. Well, you always you always listen to everyone that tells you what to do. Yeah, it's well, probably want, a problem. I do want the, the producer. Mm-mm. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were just talking with Kevin. He was telling us a little bit about what he does. He's a, a paranormal investigator. He, he's got a blog. He's got uh, part of the uh, the ghost thing that we those guys we had on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, uh, well, I knew all that. That's why we got him on. <laughs> yeah, well, he also yeah. he also invented a new word. Hey, what is that? Investigation. Which investigation? I was going to ask him about. Investigation. Oh, that's I, I figured that one out. I get that already. It's well, it's simply investigating might... from the from the from the uh, internet. It's called e investigation. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah Kevin, do, Kev, do you want to explain this one to me? I I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> An investigation is basically, in easy terms, an event slash investigation. So um, it's what we see on telly all the time. It's when we see people with flashy gadgets and cage meters. Get me all excited. All these kind of, all these unproven 
well, piles of junk, basically. No, no, no you're right. <laughs> no, you see, at, at the start, you were describing one of Ron's events, but go on. <laughs> I, I tend to find we, we, we all know that everybody knows the crap I use is definitely proven. This is why proven I to be now. crap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically that's an investigation. Is is, ah. is the way that the vast majority of the paranormal world at the moment attempt to investigate. Yeah, and and, and is that a problem, Kev? Um, not really, except for the, probably the mass amount of it. I think the, the, it's the misinformation, if anything. It's it's That's you a know, good point. It's, yeah, it's so much. Yeah, it's just a, a ridiculous amount of people are doing it. When I think if we put that kind of resource to proper investigation, we might <laughs> actually be able to get somewhere. Well, the thing about it is that I mean, we have this people. Well, we have a great deal of people that do all these e investigations, and I, I do like that term, by the way, uh, Kevin. I give you That's kudos for that. And you. Um, you know, they're all out there doing that, and and unfortunately, the the, the public sees these shows, they see the they go to these events, and they think, okay, that's the way you do things. And uh, but what is the goal of of all these e investigations? Really, is it's basically just to give someone an experience or thrill, a uh, you know, get them scared or whatever. That's uh, don't that's you agree? exactly what it is. That is that is all it is. It's um, I think at the same time, it's sometimes people quite like the idea that they're going out and doing these things in a way of sort of look, look how cool I am. I look for ghosts. You know, I'm not I'm not scared of anything. You know, and you think well, uh, it's just when you think about entertainment and you think about situations like when you go to an actual proper event where you're just a member of the public, you've no idea about ghosts and they use like the flashlight trick, well, who does? that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but these people then believe that they're investigators and their next step is to tell it's everyone about how this is real. Yeah. In fact, on that very subject, I was reading um, some stuff today. You can read, a... Steve. I never knew that. Yeah. Uh, from, a, from, a, a, from an investigator in my old stomping ground of Cheshire. Um, him and his team have been investigating haunted buildings for about two years and claim to have encountered many spectres. The group used several gadgets during their investigation, including cameras, K2 meters, EVP recorders, Ouija boards, and temperature pods. I presume that's a thermometer. My Daniel, Daniel said, we really like to bring a scientific approach to paranormal investigation, <laughs> and we do our best to try and debunk everything. <laughs> You, you know, all you've got to do is, is you've got to say, well, you say, I'm scientific, <laughs> I'm scientific, I'm skeptical, and I like to debunk, so I'm legit. Yeah. Right? And then is, we use temperature true? pods. Instead of coffee pods, they use temperature pods. Oh, yeah, we have equipment, pods. too. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. And we just what, what is a temperature pod? Um, I presume that it's one of these geopod type devices because oh wait a minute Ge- pod... geo sound wasn't it no 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 there there are a whole range of these pod devices now uh-huh. um, geopods and rem pods and oh the rem pods like the oh yeah the EMF yeah, yeah okay. we have yeah. coffee pods the only the only pod I take <laughs> yeah, coffee yeah. pod <laughs> that's true <laughs> so yeah we have a comment in the chat room it says. It's the craze about demons, haunted dolls, and live feeds that is making the paranormal a joke. Mainly due to silly TV shows. What does Kev think of that? That sounds like a decent... Uh, I think it's like Karen, probably. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, you're planting people in our chat room, huh? Uh, more likely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be very careful because Kenny Biddle's in the chat room, so we've got to be on our best oh, behavior. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, we'll, bless him. We'll <laughs> I'm, feel, I'm feeling the pressure now. <laughs> so, so what does Kevin think about this, according to uh, Karen's question? So is that haunted dolls? Uh, demons, mm-hmm. uh, live feeds. I like live feeds. Uh, oh, I a, a paranormal joke. You haven't seen. Uh, the par- yeah, par- you haven't seen uh, least ears pa- uh, live feeds. Don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a video recently um, in regards to talking to haunted dolls and inanimate objects. A video. He, he did a video, so he tried it with those guys. Yeah, so I thought I'm going to do a video. It was it was recorded, but I wasn't live. Oh, okay. Um, but it was basically I spoke to an orange. And got oh, the really? same results as you would talking to a haunted doll. Ah. Just just to make a point. Right. Um, did, because did that's you get a that's my Oh yeah. Yeah, Jim Jim Bob Jim Bob the Orange. Yeah. I think it was. Um turned out he might have been a Nazi. Ah, an American so, yeah. Nazi, I like that. Yeah. See? It's with a name like Jim Bob, you know it's American, so that was precisely, shot. you know, this yeah. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah, I don't I don't believe in haunted dolls. I, I don't believe in haunted and objects. Um, I'm not a big believer in demons. Um, do you believe in demons? Um, yeah, I do actually. I don't think I would do what I do if I didn't think or believe that something's there. There's no doubt that something's there. Mm-hmm. But what that is, I don't think we'll get there by just saying it's that. It's that I know because I believe in it. I think we're going to get there by by experimenting and trying to step forward. So, the thing so is, Kevin, it is highly popular, isn't it? I mean, this idea of yeah. um, the haunted doll and the haunted object has taken on, uh, taken off big. A life of its own. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> we have, um, you know, I, you've only got to troll through uh, likes of eBay to discover mm-hmm. so many haunted. I mean, there are now how many? I think there's four or five Dibbuck boxes out there now. Yeah. And a whole, you know, a whole toy shop full of haunted dolls. Yeah, but that being said, just because we don't believe anything, don't you believe that we should ex- at least explore the possibility of it? Or do we no, just... there's no, there's no doubt about that. If you explore the possibility, that's no problem. But when you find out it's not a possibility, you, you should drop it. <laughs> that is, is basically the the easiest yeah. way to step forward. Instead of instead of constantly repeating the same thing again and again and getting no actual viable results, it, and that's what we've done for say the last well few decades. On the haunted orange, but the same situation manifests also in uh, parapsychology because parapsychologists are not advancing very far either because they're getting stuck with endless repetitions of uh, experiments such as the Ganfeld, which they they, they, they're doing time and time. I've lost count how many parish going back. That's the safety first. That is yeah, safety first situation. Beliefs questionnaire. Yeah. How many have you filled out now? Lost count. <laughs> yeah, I could have say. <laughs> Not the question, actually. Why would a, a paratiger? Is that like a para an alligator? Para alligator? Paratiger want to talk to Mister Pusspot? What? Nathan? No idea. Nathan's. I think he's been on the drugs. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Nathan, Nathan in the chat room. Why would a paratiger? Paratiger. That's paratiger. Like investigator, so it's like uh, para-tigger. Tigger. Tigger. <laughs> yeah, from Winnie the 
Okay, so why would somebody who investigates a haunted Winnie the Pooh doll want to talk to Mr. Post? Post. I don't know what, what? that is. He's, he's smoking something. Just leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. We're okay. We're safe. We can ramble on because Kenny can't hear us. <laughs> so no, da- no danger of getting of, of appearing on the blog and getting criticised. <laughs> It would be one of the many pages I've been on. <laughs> so you you just made a personal joke and a private joke, which is not good on the ear because now I've... That's fine because to Kev's about to explain it. Well, I hope he does. <laughs> nice. Um, are we talking about Kenny or others? Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny is, is, is brilliant. Oh, there he is. Uh, in the chat room. There you go. Kenny, Kenny is brilliant. He's... Um, <laughs> he teases mine. <laughs> I was saying he was in the chat room. You were just bad mouthing him five minutes ago. Now you're, 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 you're praise. Oh my god! Doesn't matter. Show. Continue with your explanation, and then I'll throw in the question from Kenny. Okay. There we go. Kenny is probably the only person I know who's as direct as I am when it comes to the paranormal. He, he's not scared to call bullshit on anything. Um, to be fair to him, he go. He seems to go around everywhere, go into these paracons, etc., and he just questions everyone. And I just think it is absolutely brilliant because I don't think anyone's ever given him a, a viable answer yet, but we shall see. You know, nobody knows what he looks like. He he, um, he only ever wears a, a shroud and a mask. But he does have a question he, for you. Oh, um, what do you think about the validity of paranormal equipment in popular use by today's ghost hunters? Um, I think you should bin... Pretty much all of it. Wait a minute. Validity, but he doesn't say in what aspect. I mean, some of those pieces are extremely well for for measuring microwaves and uh, some of the other crap that's out there. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the equipment that's bad. I think it's how it's being used, as Steve always says. And I always listen to everything Steve says. (laughs) I'm taking that Kenny's referring actually to specific equipment. But what specific equipment? I mean, you just can't throw it out there. Shut up and let me finish. Oh, please do. <laughs> For use in paranormal investigations like pods, uh, like yeah. K2, like mm-hmm. um, you know, raft of uh, paranologies equipment. The yeah. use of equipment, if you're going to measure a physical variable such as temperature in order to validate a claim by an experiencer um, that, that they felt the room got colder, then a Properly calibrated thermometer is a good piece of equipment. However, if you are then going to take that that good piece of equipment and misuse it, for example, taking an electromagnetic field meter and then start talking to it and <laughs> using it as a ghost communication device, you're over the hills and far away. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Now, ITC, of course, they take a perfectly TV and, and they they communicate using a TV, so that ITC researchers must be all garbage then, right? Majority, I think. To be fair, it's the, the issue. Big issue I find with it is is so you go back to the founding fathers. They must have been full of shit too, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just want to be sure that we're on the same page. No, but this is it. Is I, I think the the big issue is we are constantly trying to communicate in what I call the success of the vague. And in the paranormal, there's a massive success of the vague thing. K2s, you know, you've got five LEDs on a K2, and all we want is one to flash to prove to you that, yes, there's a ghost communicate with you. 
you know, there's there's no, nothing is ever logged and registered properly. Nothing is ever looked at properly. It's kind of, oh, there was a flash. Oh, it's communicating. And I've watched a, a, quite a few groups who have had almost a consistent flash on their equipment. Mm-hmm. And they've continued to just communicate and talk just mm-hmm. at the rate that it's flashing. They've just adjusted themselves again and again. And that's what I tend to see quite a lot. Ah. So another question we have now from Kenny. He's he's rolling them in here for you, Kev. Here we go. <laughs> How important is the role of a, of skeptics in the paranormal community? Does um, such an animal? Sadly, <laughs> there's. There, it's, is it like a religion or something? I'm not sure. The role uh, of skeptics. Well, some, is, it, is it a cult? Or, I'm not sure what a skeptic well, is. Is it somebody who has skeptical tendencies? Or, I, I, you know, just let me know. Nathan being on drugs. What have you been taking? <laughs> I just, you know, I just want to be clarified. If I'm putting information out there, I just wanted the best information as possible. Is well, I'm sure Kenny wants to. We're not going to get any information put out that if you keep talking. Oh, fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, what was the question again, Steve? I've forgotten. How important is the role of skeptics in the paranormal community? Actually, you should ask Ron because he's the most skeptical person I've ever encountered. <laughs> so, as he says to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> so, well, the way to look at it as a skeptic is one of the most important mindsets i think you, you need i've always said you leave your beliefs at the doors everyone's welcome to their own belief system good man but but when it comes into an investigation into that situation i think it should be left at the door you shouldn't be um saying right this is a definitely a ghost this is this this is the spirit of Aunt Maud or whatever that shouldn't be your first jump to that belief system should shouldn't even be involved so that's where even believers can be skeptics as an investigator you know, I, I have various of my own beliefs, but mm-hmm. as an investigator, a lot of people think I'm a skeptic, which is good, because that means I'm doing what I'm doing right, mm-hmm. which means my belief system isn't affecting the investigation. I think yeah, methodology. We, we, I have, we do I suffer have a... from is, is skeptics who suffer from a belief in their skepticism. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, also religion at times. You know, I, and they be, they, they be caught. Actually, they're harder to deal with because... There is nothing that you can ever uh, say to them. That there is no. One of the big problems with skeptics is they very rarely uh, are aware of the evidence that they're up against when it comes to <coughs> or considering the, the issues at stake. You know, we, we've got lots of supposed uh, skeptics: uh, Professor Richard Wiseman, Professor Chris French, mm-hmm. Joe, uh, Nickel. Uh, Joe Nickel. Joe uh, Nickel. They trot out these lines of. It, it's obviously fraud. It's obviously fake. It's obviously hoax. It's obviously, but it obviously, what is obvious is the fact that they they haven't considered the great depth and weight of evidence of testimony. That you know, if you look at it in terms of a legal case, um, and I was talking to uh, Alan Murdy over the weekend, and Alan is a barrister, and you which know, is the, a lawyer in us in the United States. Yeah. Um, yeah you could convict many, many times over on the case, you know, on the on the weight of evidence um, based upon uh, the experiences and the testimony and the accounts that we do have. Now, unfortunately, it it doesn't matter to these sceptics because what they'll do is they'll go after a single strand. For example, at Enfield, um, there was a, one of the girls was witnessed to be throwing an object in the kitchen. She was immediately caught 
but to to, um, to many of the skeptics uh, at the time and to this present day, including Nickel, uh, they cite that as an example of therefore everything that took place um, at that location in that involved in that case was down to the girls and was okay. fraudulent. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I, I think of paranormal investigating a little bit different than, than I think uh, you do, Kevin. It, 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 I, I teach a course and called Paranormal CSI, and I believe the investigator is just the witness. He it's his job to collect the evidence. Primarily, it's not there to analyze the evidence to to uh, uh, you know make a decision on it after the evidence collected. Then it's fully. Uh, analyze, then you can come up with a uh, a conclusion, and, and hopefully from someone who is, is independent of that's the, the way it's sh- to me it, the way paranormal investigating should be do. But every investigator seems nowadays is out there as judge, jury, and executioner. I see what you mean, but it's when I investigate that is pretty much exactly what I do. I, I take all the information I can. And get everything together before I before I really look into the case. That mm-hmm. that's what you need. You need to find out what's happened. You need to know all that's involved or who have been involved, and that way you have that information. But the thing is, you need to be able to judge on that that information. But use someone who is an expert in a field. Take Kenny. Kenny and photography are absolutely brilliant. Um, if it comes down to that, there's a lot of evidence that's, that's camera related. You can get hold of. Um, Kenny or, or someone who doesn't know what they're talking about and you can use their resource and their knowledge to help you come to that conclusion right. you know, Power Rationalize, I've, I've been an individual in Power Rationalize for well, God knows how many years now You know, so I, I do find myself going to different people and saying look I've got this situation what what can you make of it because mm-hmm. a, that... a lot of times the paranormal investigator, the one who collected the inferences has has become biased by just the mere collection of it and just and, just being involved yeah yeah exactly but again well, that's that that also depends on the individual investigator as well um again, well we can you, all if, say if, that we're perfectly aloof and everything else <laughs> but it doesn't happen to be honest with you yeah but it's 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 leaving that belief system completely you you can't for you're not you're not there to guess whether it was a demon or this kind of you're not there to do that you're there to get that information and you can you can base experiments on that information then. Mm-hmm. but you do at some point have to have to reach a conclusion to the investigation and of course can't, yeah can't collect and, forever because you know well in reality you, you should have you someone have who is standard uh, who is independent of that like they're doing a, a true paranormal investigation the 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 investigators collect the evidence, they bring it back to the lab, and the lab analyzes the evidence, and that's how they make their conclusion. It's not this, the guys out in the field. It's the people in the lab who independently uh, are divorced from it uh, who come up with, the hopefully, the correct decision based on the how, evidence, based on the evidence, not on beliefs, based on evidence. Yeah, that's, that's fully agreeable. That's why oh, I say uh, when you go to someone else, there's another expert. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, Kenny's okay, got like no, a crap load yeah, of questions here. I was going to come to the next one now. Uh, from Ke- I've, I've actually, I've, because Kenny can't hear us, I've just asked him to slow slow down a little bit so we can catch up with Kenny. Why is Kenny um, deaf? No, he can't <laughs> hear us. Is he deaf? He's listening to the podcast. 
okay, fine. So Kenny asks, the same... <laughs> actually, we'll just hand this over to Kenny and Kev. We'll just read out Kenny's questions. And... <laughs> yeah, why don't you get Kenny on as a co-host, and maybe we can speed this up a little bit. This seems to be, yeah, it does seem to be. Uh, I'm going to skip one so we can get ahead. Do you think ghost hunters should be properly trained in the use of equipment and the interpretation of the data results by the manufacturers rather than by mimicking what they see on television? That, that's, that's pretty much an obvious statement, but it depends on oh, what, what we consider as ghost hunters because, obviously, to me, the word investigator, obviously, with Steve, you like you love the word ghost hunter, and that's all yours. But for me personally, as an investigator, it's very different from a ghost hunter. No, it's not in general. Not to, to me. To you, I, to you, I know. Oh, it's me. Not, but to me, it's like <laughs> it's me and Steve. I think on pretty much exactly the same level. It's not a who's better than who or whatever, but it's 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 just a terminology. People decide whatever to use. Um, it depends which way the question's going towards. They're going towards the people who go out every weekend hunting for ghosts, as in they go out with their night vision cameras, turn off all the lights and run around a building, or is it investigators who, you know, go to these situations and they collect that data and they react upon it? Would make a big difference, that question. One of the big issues is, is uh, and this is what I'm throwing back to ASAP, uh, I did allude to it at the last, the last uh, conference, is mm-hmm. standardization, because we have international standards for measuring everything, not just, yeah. the, not just the equipment itself, but the actual methods uh, and, and usage of the equipment. Mm-hmm. And, and they're ignored. You know, they're, these uh, standards are just not being used. Uh, and ASAP, which is the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, carries no um, guidelines as to standardization of measuring uh, or, or the correct use of the equipment, which is clearly laid down by the manufacturers and clearly laid down yeah. by by the international standards organizations. ASAP yeah. referring to waffle on for page after page after page about ethics and good practice but you know we've got to deal with the methodology as well yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no i completely agree go ahead kenny i'm sorry i have sorry (laughs) i've just figured out it's the same person (laughs) kevin Maybe he is. Maybe he's in the chat. Yeah, maybe he's That's why you can't hear this. That's why you can't hear. (laughs) That would work out brilliantly. I know the answers. Wait a minute. Kevin, Karen, they all, and Kev, Carrie, and Kenny all begin with K. They all begin with K. It's the same guy. I'm telling you. He's got got four or five accounts going on in the chat room here. Yes. Hey, don't laugh. It actually, like it happened, like it actually happened to me one interview. They, yeah, the, this per- woman I was interviewed did that. She went in a chat on Sonotas. She even called in on a different line. <laughs> the only reason I knew is I could hear her voice in the background. Oh, <laughs> no. The other speaker. <laughs> well, it's a good time to go to the ad break then, I reckon. Yeah, well, it just while, we throw, while we throw a load of Ks out the chat room. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. I, mean, I can, you know, I mean, delete, delete, get rid of them all. Oh, no, we we should just deleted Karina as well. <laughs> Oops, I forgot about that one. Oh, well. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, we do have to take a break. So, yeah, listen to Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Tojinet and uh, Pararex and wherever else we are. And uh, with Steve Parson, Ron Kolick, and our special guest, Kevin Kerr, I believe. And we'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Anyway, welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International with the rambunctious Ron Kolek, who is certainly on something tonight, and Mr. Pararationalize Kev Kerr, uh, who might be Kenny Biddle, might be Karen, who is sure <laughs> female from Bristol, England. Um, and they're now having an argument about the growing number of investigative teams going into private terms, frightening homeowners with talk of demonic possession. That's a good thing, yeah. yeah. Because then you could, they could actually charge them to get rid of the demons, so it works out good that way. You know? Yeah, don't say that because you're going to get blocked again. <laughs> Kenny stroke Kev stroke Karen is totally against teams <laughs> and have, has yet to encounter one that had a qualified professional on their team that could offer uh, legitimate advice. But then I bailed in with it depends on the nature of the advice that's being provided. For example, mm-hmm. I have if we're dealing with uh, matters uh, perhaps medical or perhaps relating to physics, then I'm qualified to talk about that. There you go. So there you go. And, of course, you know, we we come down to this thing about – we talked about uh, gadgets before, uh, the thermal imager being a a popular toy at the moment. Oh, my God, Steve. I was just going to bring that up. Well, you're psychic. You know, you've really developed along the way. I'm proud of you, little little grasshopper. Thank you. <laughs> old old Mr. White Eyes. <laughs> Golf ball eyes. Carry um, on. Yeah. But, you know, you talked about what the manufacturers offer. This this device, you can buy the FLIR, the FLIR 1 and other you know, similar sort of thermal images now, for 
200 pounds mm-hmm. uh, and it comes you know in a box you stick it on the bottom of your smart device and all of a sudden you're able to do thermography however as ron and i both know um both having undertaken uh courses provided by FLIR, the manufacturers it's actually free quite even uh, yeah, or, or in my case, it was seven hundred pounds. But there is a they great deal. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I probably did a longer course than you. Yeah, but probably. There is there is a great deal that needs to be considered when using a device such as a thermal imaging camera. That being uh, said, though, Stephen, is that uh, FLIR is also marketing their their thermal images now for ghost hunting. So. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, I noticed. I've noticed that too. Uh-huh. Oh, I haven't seen that. They haven't missed the marketing oh, yes. opportunity. They haven't missed the marketing opportunity there. That that advertising is only at the moment for the North American market. The UK market is advertising it at uh, domestic renovation, plumbing, uh-huh. uh, boat owners, homeowners, a whole you know vehicle mechanics um, for more practical applications. I did notice that Flair are. I don't know, it's slightly tongue-in-cheek in the advertisement for North America, but it's a huge market. They're a commercial company, and, you know, they, they've got to sell product. Right. Can we send some Valium into the chat room? They're getting kind of a little excited. They it? are. I mean, <laughs> God. You know, as well as talking to us on on, on, uh, on the show, he's, he's frantically, under his three different personas, frantically typing away. Um, <laughs> his mobile personality disorder is exhausted. But, but fortunately, <laughs> we, could, we could leave his two alter egos to squabble amongst themselves because there's no questions there that we need to deal with. <laughs> there's so many words in there, I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so right along. They're happy in the chat room now, now fighting amongst themselves. Uh, so That's it. <laughs> so do we have a serious question for Kevin? <laughs> I assume everything was serious. <laughs> yeah. um, what, Kev, this para-rationalized website, I mean, there are other similar websites that, that offer good advice. What? Yeah. What is it? You know, what's your unique, um, unique selling point? Why should so wait, people... So wait, wait, is Kevin like the Ann Landis of those... Hunting? I'm not sure. I'm trying to find out. Ask a serious question. Oh, go ahead. Ask. Go on. Carry on, Steve. Your coffee machine. Okay. Carry on, Steve. Why should why should people you know, head towards Pararationalize and not one of the others? Well, basically, Pararationalize is there more as a education from a basic level. Um, people who want to come into paranormal investigation and and a bit more interested in the scientific or sceptical side of it instead of the usual stuff they'd see on telly. Mm -hmm. On top of that, it's got um, the Pararationalized Lab, which isn't active yet, or your research is in the background of that at the moment. Um, But basically, as we find things that are worthy of follow-up or experimentation, they'll also be on there. So there's... This isn't for myself in that sense. It's, it's for any, anyone in the paranormal community who wants to come there and wants to learn. So um, if you, I don't know if you've looked at it, but there's the debunking lounge as well. Which... I've, got it, I've got it on the screen now, and it's it's a site that I've actually looked over for the last uh, week or two since you changed okay. the format of it and uh, represented yeah. it. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, in terms of trying to educate the greater paranormal community, um, those who are going out week, out, week after week, is there an element of flogging a dead horse uh, because they're perhaps too arrogant to listen or because they don't wow. believe 
they're doing any or that they don't believe that their methodology is intrinsically wrong. So, you know, who, who are you or I or Ron or anybody else to tell them that what they are, there are no experts in the paranormal? As they say. <laughs> I, I, used, I used to say that. <laughs> There's a lot of experts in the paranormal, but it's people who don't want to listen won't listen. I, I've learned that from obviously Power Astro started from the, the rants on the blog just to let out the frustration of trying to deal with some people who are in the paranormal world. Um, but then I realized that actually, if you educate quite a high number of these people, change their minds over time. Um, Karen, funnily enough, in the chat rooms, being one of them, um, was a proper investigator. And now over time, she's learning a, a great deal about debunking, a great deal about that it's not all paranormal, how people react, psychology, the equipment, everything. It's, it's being able to have that accessible. But at the same time, it's there for me so that if I'm scrolling through the world of social media and I come across some stupid argument about someone saying that it's definitely a ghost, there's... Um, there's pages in there that I can just basically copy and paste a link and put it straight in and say, look, this is, this is what the research is showing so far. So then they can look and they can read if they choose to dismiss it, they choose to dismiss, but they've taken that information in. And once that begins to grow that, that over a very long time, probably in my seventies, I hope that you know, we'll at least hit a 50% mark where people are actually skeptical investigators instead of still running around in the dark, hoping to get the same results. Do you know, I, I, um, I, I find that approach, actually, it, what you said earlier in that, that there are elements within the paranormal investigating community who are open to new ideas, to suggestions, to the research, to the, to the good practices. Um, it's, it's the whole idea behind ghostology. And the uptake rate is, you know, Shameless plug. Even, even if it's only one or two people in each group, you do find that over time, that, that that positive message, that positive approach, uh, does alter um, that group, and that group will alter uh, you know groups that they encounter, and there are so, changes. I mean, one of the one of the, the classic examples of that comes with the orb, uh, because if you if you wind the clock back 12, 12, 13 years, groups were almost universally acclaiming the orb to be a paranormal phenomena. Who still do? Uh, but what they what has now changed? We went through a phase of uh, you know, the majority of orbs are dust and moisture, and a, and a percentage were paranormal. To an, increase, I get though, right? to an increasing proposition um, um, uh, 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 that I, yeah, I was just waiting for you to interrupt me again. <laughs> to an increasing proposition within groups and an acceptance within groups that the orb is basically a finished done deal that you know they don't need to waste any more time with it of course there are you know there are resurgences within the orb from time to time there's been one of late um as new investigators join the fray and as as they start to examine the problem for themselves and there will always be an element um probably a majority element of people who are desperately clinging onto the wreckage of the orb in the yeah. in, in the in the vain hope that some of it will, you know, will retain a, a degree of paranormality. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, does, I know that ninety-nine percent of orbs are dust and water particles and things. But you know, the ones I get, they're damn real good. I think they're spirits. 
Well, that's good. That's I'm, I'm, and we're both pleased for you. Don't you get that? I mean, yes, that's that's what people you know, say. I mean, you you keep saying that the orb is dead. It's no way dead in the U.S. You're just on the wrong sites. There are people who who worship the orb. They, I think they make idols of it to it. I'm not sure though. And, it's, there's and so much. You know what? On. Me, Kev, Kenny, Karen. And anybody else whose name begins with K are happy for those people to yes. live in their bubble um, and to to celebrate the orb in the manner they do and to write books and articles. Well, the, they think of you, know, you as Joe Nickel and Rick Wiseman. They're just like, oh, you guys are just deniers. Yeah, You're... but the great, the great thing is, is we can point to hard research, replicable mm-hmm. research that they can go out and they can do for themselves. They always they find an exception. Them. They can go find someone on the thing and say, hey, look, I'm a medium. I can talk to orbs and look at this one right in my hand as I called upon it. So there's my proof. It's like, oh, wow, you know. So that's well, what they look for. They, it's just like any evidence. You collect the evidence that you want to fit the thesis that you believe and in. And make shit out of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we actually we had a real serious question from Karen, if it is Karen. Uh, she says, how can you use the flare one on the phone turned on? Won't it interfere? So I'm going to turn that over to you uh, you guys because you're like the, you know, the gods of the paranormal in them. I really can't comment on it. The the flare's not going to be affected by the camera. I don't I don't feel Steve can back me up on this because he's a lot more training than I have. But I don't I I would imagine that's shielded if flare have brought it out. Do you reckon, Steve? Have you tried it? There is. I, I I've got a flare one. There's uh, there's there's no impact of having the phone turned on. In fact, you can actually use the phone um, in a streaming mode now with the the, the latest revisions of the software. Have you experimented yeah. that way to make sure that you know uh, there is. Just... Yeah, the, the the camera module is properly protected from the electromagnetic radiation that's used from the mm-hmm. phone. Um, there is no interference with the with but the. But you did. You did Bes- some besides which, besides which, you're dealing with two different parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very widely separated. So uh, the the uh, the infrared part of the spectrum that is used by the FLIR camera, which is uh, the electromagnetic spectrum at the light wave end, is very different than the gigahertz part of the, the uh, infrared uh, electromagnetic spectrum that's used by the mobile phone uh, transmission system. Even its Bluetooth or its Wi-Fi systems are so far apart from the infrared band as they would they would be completely and utterly undetectable. The only effect might be that you would have localized uh, sort of electromagnetic interference of the circuits within the FLIR one, but the manufacturers, uh, they've got that very well under control because uh, FLIR are one of the most reputable manufacturers of these products. And there is the, the device remains fully calibrated, um, in use whilst the phone circuits, the Wi-Fi circuits, or the Bluetooth circuits are fully enabled. Mm-hmm. But you might get coming call. Yeah, thank you very much. That was so informative. <laughs> you could then refer to Cal. Yeah, exactly. Because that you know we've had that many times. A picture of a ghost whilst it phones you up. Now that would be. Interesting. <laughs> I would pay for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> But anyway, so um, you do a lot of investigating, uh, Kev? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost too much sometimes. <laughs> on, on private homes? 
Um, yeah, mainly residences, um, and then I get involved also with a few local groups with on the investigation side, um, just to keep my what's it called? Just to sort of keep, yeah, just to just to ensure that um, that I know what's happening. Whether I know all about the new random equipment that's coming out or things people are trying and yeah. anything that's that comes from that sort of investigation side, so I can keep a watch on it. Do you have the ghost act? No, I, I I didn't fall for that one. But there's a nice offer in the uh, chat room from Karen. Uh, she has a, a flare camera, and mm-hmm. she wants to let Kev play with her. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet she go I only want him for his brain. No, that's what she's saying. Next. Cost her five hundred quid. <laughs> 500 quid? I hope to God it's not a FLIR 1. They're only 200, Karen. Get rid of it because the FLIR 1 um, can Shut do up. video. Yeah, for FLIR 1. <laughs> FLIR 1's perfect. It can do video as well, which is one of the great advantages. Um, the standard sort of the the i30s and the old ED, E range of FLIR cameras were, you know, you could take a really useful um, still image, but the modern FLIR 1 can match the E series for uh, the the, uh, the the bottom of the E range and I range for uh, resolution, but you can also shoot full three uh, full uh, video with sound. It's amazing. So, anyways, Kev, as when we you did do... on the bridge like a couple of years ago, Rob. Yeah, fabulous. So, uh, when you do your investigating, uh, Kev, Ken, who do we... no, Kev, I'm sorry, I got to <laughs> look who it was. Uh, so, how do you approach? Uh, you know, someone approaches you. They, they they say, "Well, you know, I'm really having a lot of strange things happen. Can you check out my house?" And so, so how do you approach them? And 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 how do you deal with it? How do you do an investigation? I guess I'm curious. It, well, it depends on the case. Um, uh-huh. So I would either get a phone call, which I've sometimes had where people have handed my numbers out, um, said, "All my friends and investigate, give them a call." Um, the first part of any real investigation is finding out what the individual wants so they could call you and say okay yeah i want they either want a team of flight cases and god knows what else running through the door and and you know ghostbusters car so pulling cool. up outside so and cool. all they that's it all, all they want is the attention from that um others and mostly the ones i tend to deal with the ones that don't want any attention at all um mm-hmm. where they're actually they're genuinely scared about what's happening um i tend to deal with a lot of uh, sleep paralysis cases. I'm not really sure why. I seem to just find myself almost in, all the time in ladies' with... bedrooms. <laughs> oh, I'm having ladies, <laughs> ladies' bedrooms all the time. <laughs> so I just get, <laughs> I just get this. I don't know. I, I seem to be contacted a lot about demons having sex with people. So <laughs> hang on, hang on. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. I've got whoa, to look at this. Hot, yeah, hot, I saw hot, that too. Hot, Hot-breaking question in the chat room. Why he jumped like a little sissy when he saw a shadow go past him at Woodchester Mansion? I, I jumped in my own shadow. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were in Woodchester doing an investigation, and I was sat on the top of the stairs, and obviously while you're doing a vigil, I find the most boring, sort of, well, probably the worst situations ever, where you just kind of sat there, and it, things are happening again and again, and you're asking, shouting out. So we all sat on top of this step, and one of the girls, I didn't realise, I'd completely zoned out at that point, um, had gotten up and sw- switched her torch on. As she switched her torch on, my shadow appeared next to me. 
<laughs> so I jumped about three foot. <laughs> so there goes your credibility. Moving right Oh, as I say, all gone. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> now, I, I, back to the serious questions. Um, you've set up Pararationalize, and you've set yourself as, 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 as a champion of good practice. Um, yeah. With it. With in the investigation community. Now, we talked earlier about this, the, the old um, thing that's often flung up, there are no experts in the paranormal. And what gives you the right to set up this thing? You know, why, why should people listen to you? Ooh. That's kind of the best thing about Power Rationalize is it's not just me. There's my, oh, there's my rants on there, and there's my research that is, is basically just reading into other things and adding them all into one place. The whole of Power Rationalize is there to not just bring in me and what I do, it's to bring in people like Kenny, um, Rob Lear, a skeptic's boot, yourself. When these people come up with these ideas or they've they've explained something, then it all comes into one. And that might include my stuff, that might include whoever has come up with that, and it seems like a viable solution. So that's what Power Rationalize is there for. Cool. It's, it's, share, it's sharing an overall knowledge, not just my knowledge. And and I said this, and it must be right. Yeah, but, I, but you only, I, you only select the knowledge you want on the site, so you wouldn't have an opposing point of view on there, evidently. Well, no. So it's it's not an, a point of view. It's if someone's done the research and they can back up what they've done, we uh-huh. can put it up there. Like say for the Power Astronauts Lab, we can put it up on the page, and on there would be an explanation about the experiment that can be performed, what they need, how they can do it. And then basically that is, is ready outlaid for any group to come in and go, OK, I want to do an experiment. I haven't really got an idea. Oh, here you go. This is this research on this. Let's mm-hmm. replicate that. And then they can come back to the site and say, OK, we've replicated it. We found this. And so on and is so forth. Any... And, and it, it... All right. Curveball question now from me. <laughs> is there any value or use in an investigation scenario to fall back on um, the co- consulting somebody who claims to be psychic or sensitive, or even the use of the tools of uh, spiritualism, such as the Ouija board um, and similar types of experiments or devices. Bah, bah, bah. No, there isn't. There's no, there's no reason to use a medium in an investigation. There's no reason to... It's, that's based on assumption, and, and what we can't do is assume that it works, and although we have got the parapsychologists out there doing as many tests as physically possible on mediums. Um, I, I personally, in my methodology, I would not have a medium unless it was part of an experiment. Mm-hmm. So, I so you, use... can you see no value in it at all? Oh, no, there, there's value in it if that's if you're creating an experiment that involves them. Um, as for using them during an investigation to try and get communication. So I, I, I think no. But Personally, but is, I, I wouldn't. Is, is there a risk there of perhaps um, disregarding a potential information strand yep. whilst Not holding the case? Not at Not all. all. Because we no. do have... I mean, it, you were talking before about hmm. looking at, uh, at uh, evidence experimentation, and we do have, uh, albeit in a very small number of cases, a number of sensitives mediums who have survived quite rigorous testing and have left the sceptics in a position of great difficulty in explaining these supposed special abilities that they have or seem to have. 
Mm-hmm. And if 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 there those services are available, is it not potentially uh, losing an opportunity to say, do you know what? I'm not even going to consider that line. I wouldn't consider it purely on a, an ethical basis, and because it's diluted so purely on your beliefs. Not really, actually. It's more the idea that if someone, I can't prove that what a medium is doing is is right, and I can't put an uh, individual in a situation where a medium is saying there's a ghost of a child or something there that they've picked up on um, with their with the client. That's, but never, that's but not... nevertheless, what you're dealing with is, in many cases, in the original case, is a subjective uh, testimony of an experience that, that an individual had. Yeah. Um, so that's that's intrinsically potentially unreliable, in, in, you know, as a starting point. Now, if somebody it's, else, it's almost if instantly, somebody, if if you bring somebody along and they have a, uh, they describe their own experience, but they give it a, you know, because of because of their beliefs, because they believe that they're sensitive or they believe they have special abilities, um, they still have a testimony, they still have an account of their experience that that ought to be documented. Now, in terms of private residences. That that is, you know, you, you've got some ethical issues that do need to be considered. Absolutely. But in terms of an investigation or a general location investigation of a of a non domestic or you know, non residential non workplace property, this in an, investigation, an ev- if you, it, it should at least be documented. In an investigation, that that is what an investigation is in that sense. If there can be mediums, there can be all of these different things. I would only put that into experimentation if I needed to. Do you not take any account of the, of, of, you know, do you not document the accounts or take any, uh, any notice of, you know, is somebody immediately invalidated, you know, are you invalidating their experience because they claimed something happened, but they also prefix this with, I believe I'm sensitive. Is that's the thing with what I say, leaving your beliefs at the door. But it's you very be... difficult. Yeah, but you're talking yeah. about the, the general witness who, you know, the investigator, I fully agree, should try wherever possible to be, uh, you know, completely neutral. But you're dealing with the, the person uh, as, uh, who is having an experience. Uh, they're not going to be as neutral, are they? Because, you know, no, so, even investigators yeah, think... have great difficulty to remove their bias. Yeah, what I think, what I think you've done is you've got it twisted in that sense. You're, if you look at an uh, investigation, okay, they're, they're actually more than likely almost 100% of the time there's going to be a medium or a sensitive there. It's, that's part of that investigation mm-hmm. culture. For an investigation, if, if a witness um, was there that was a medium and they said, I've sensed this, I've sensed that, then they are part of the case. Right. You understand? I do, so, but I think I think you you you've, you've put in a necessary uh, an unnecessary sort of black white um, oh, line between go. the two cases because an investigation can also be, you know, you've got this sort of transition between investigations and investigations because investigations often take place at locations where people have had experiences, which is presumably why the investigations got along there anyway, like Woodchester, um, Margam, etc. There's a reason why people are holding, yeah. There's a well. There's a reason why people are going to the locations, isn't there? Well, of course. That's that's people are looking for ghosts or looking for an experience. 
and you, no, you I mean, won't necessarily... Why, why Woodchester or Margham has become popular, it's not just because they've appeared on television. I mean, Woodchester's got a history of people having experiences that predate its appearance on television and predate even the, the sort of general trending... <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. So, you know, people there are in a position or in a location where something has been reported previously. Yeah, but they don't look into it. If that makes any sense. They, they no, don't investigate but they that. Might, they... But they might inadvertently encounter it. Uh, then if they do, they do. Unfortunately, we got to wrap it up, guys. It's uh, <laughs> about a minute left. So, Kenny, uh, Kev, I... Kenny, Karen, whatever. Uh, can, you, uh, can you give out, uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you and, and learn more about you, how can they do that? Uh, they can visit the site, which is uh, www.pararationalize, with an S, dot org. And they can get hold of me on Twitter at Pararationalize, as well as uh, on Facebook at Pararationalize. Anything you'd like to add before we leave? No, I'm quite happy. we do have uh, one final comment um, that many people think Kev is lush and handsome yeah oh that's nice I wrote that one yeah I I don't (laughs) okay so there's the music we've got to go Kevin uh, thank you so much for joining us it's been interesting and Steve cheers uh, Cheers, man Whatever. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> till next time. Tune in to Ghost Chronicles International. When uh, maybe we'll have some ghost photographers on or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe next week, isn't it? I think so. So, till then. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.